Father, as we prepare our hearts to hear from the Word today, the whole thought of surrender from a world's perspective is weakness. But according to the Scriptures, according to what you teach us, the whole idea of surrender is, is actually strength and wisdom and knowledge. Uh, to know that uh, we cannot save ourselves, to know that we cannot accomplish spiritual things in and of our own strength means I have to surrender to those things. And in surrendering, we actually gain. We gain your wisdom. We gain your insight. We gain your strength, your spiritual strength. So teach us today, Father God, how to deny ourselves in a specific area of fasting today so that it can change ourselves first, number one, us, and things in and around our world. It is the practice of fasting, Lord, that has changed churches, has changed people, has brought revival. So prepare our hearts to hear from you today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, stopping to start. I know you know exactly what this means. I got a couple different graphics up here. Have you ever known somebody who had said to themselves, you know, I've never run a race in my life, but I'd like to run a 5K. And they've never run a race in their life, and I've met people like this. And so if they're going to start to run a 5K, they have to stop sitting on the couch. You got to stop something if you're going to start something. Leanne, you know that pretty well, huh? I have driven a 5K. That took long enough. I'm doggone if I'm going to be walking it. How about something else like starting your own business? If you're going to start your own business, there's something that you got to stop. There's something that must be stopped eventually. Maybe for a while you work at your old job, but eventually you need to stop working at your job and start your own business. At some point, you've got to stick your toe in the water. Something's got to stop if you want to start something. One more thing here. If you go to your kid's uh, sporting event, whatever it might be, and you think the coach stinks, you got to stop sitting on the sideline, stop criticizing the coach, and at some point, you got to step up and start coaching. And then you can take the wrath of all of the parents. In your notes, I have stopping means what? What does that mean to you and me, t- uh, to you and I today? It means for us today to make some room for something new, something challenging. For Christians, it means spiritual strength, spiritual power, and spiritual victory. And if you don't experience those three things a lot as a Christian, it may very well be because of what we want to talk about today. Jesus taught in uh, all, well, today I'm going to take all four Gospels, just a little bit from all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and he taught this spiritual a principle of denying self. Now, ask yourself the question. When you hear it, don't you think, hmm, that's going to really, hmm, that's going to, he's going to make me stop something I really enjoy doing. But the truth is, Jesus would never ask you and I to do something that actually wasn't good for us. And that's what you have to know. If he gave his life for you and I, he has to say it. And so when I deny self, in a broad manner, it means to die from self because self is on its way to hell. Deny that self that thinks nothing about itself. Deny self where the the seedbed of sin is. It's all about me, and it's separate from God. Self is separate from God. So when he talks about denying it, he's actually talking about drawing us closer to him. Today, in regards to denying self, I want to talk about one specific principle. We could talk about a lot of different things, and you may be saying today, you know, I really don't know 
when I read that, what it is Jesus wants me to deny or what he wants me to do. You may know this at the other, but let me teach you a principle today, and it's the principle of fasting, just one thing, denying self. Can you take a look at your notes today? Jesus said to be a disciple, we must start stopping. Something you got to start stopping, and it has to do with denying self, fasting as a principle of denying self today. Number one in your notes, very simple. Would you write in, Jesus speaks to his disciples. All right, Jesus speaks to his disciples. In Matthew, he made sure it's written down so you and I could hear what he said, and he says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Of course, you know Jesus came. He denied himself heaven. He took up the cross. You all, we all have different crosses and things to bear in life. And follow him. It's a flushing away of what, why I was and myself to coming towards him. Now the word there when he says whoever means Jesus is not going to twist your arm. He's talking to his disciples. And he says whoever. Hey, among my disciples, whoever. And of course you would think, well, they're all in. But you, you probably know one of them wasn't all in. He looks at his disciples and says, whoever, and he says to you and me today, whoever. He's not going to twist your arm. And then these two words follow. Whoever wants, must. Underline those two words. Wants, must. Whoever wants, must. Understand what you're getting yourself into. You see, the challenge for most accomplishments in life, aside from spiritual things, happens because people know what they have to do and they must and they're willing to do it. The challenge for most accomplishments in life comes from whosoever wants to. Fill in the blank. Whosoever wants to be a concert pianist must deny playing while the rest of the kids are outside playing, practicing. Whoever wants to win a Super Bowl must be all in. Practicing, practicing, fill the blank. Most accomplishments in life, whoever wants to own your own business, you understand what it's going to take. You understand the hours and the time and the phone calls that are outside the office. Whoever wants to, and Jesus says the same thing to you, it's a principle of accomplishments in life. Whoever wants to be my disciple, Jesus, as you know, he fasted and prayed. Constantly, ongoingly, he spent time alone with the Lord and he fasted. And Jesus taught us that sometimes some things in life take more than just prayer. They take fasting. And I've been in both of these churches, you know, what, six years here, 11. For years and years, we've talked and practiced the principle of fasting. My prayer today is, what is Jesus calling you to fast about? You see, we can't just be saved and say, well, I'm not really one of his original disciples. No, this was written down for you and for me. So I ask you the question, what is so important that you're willing to stop something to start God's hand in motion? Starting to stop and stopping to start. If we want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we've got to practice the spiritual discipline of fasting. It's a one of, of overcoming. It's overcoming temptation. It's overcoming hunger, pains, cravings, whatever it might be. Number two, in the book of Mark, Jesus goes on to speak to the crowd. Number two, number one, he speaks to his disciples. Number two, he speaks to the crowd in, verse, uh, in chapter 8, verse 34 of Mark. Then he, you know, speaking of Jesus, called the crowd. 
Now something is added. He called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be, right? The greatest accomplishments in life are by people that say, whoever wants to be, and they know what they have to do. And be a disciple of Christ, and to be a follower of Christ, you have to know what you want. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. So you understand here, as he's speaking to the crowd, he's talked to his disciples, and he's calling everybody there. Hey, who wants to be my disciple? Now, folks, the biggest difficulty we have sometimes is people think that getting saved is one thing and being a disciple is another. No, they're one and the same. This is one and the same. If you are a follower of Christ, you have committed yourself to being a studier of his, a disciple of his, following him, learning, growing from him. Jesus comes here and he speaks to the crowd. And we are part of the crowd that Jesus calls to himself. There has to be something good out of this. Otherwise, Jesus would not be asking it of us. And the principle of fasting, I could give you scripture references, fill the next couple hours. But I'm pretty sure that most of you understand that the Bible teaches fasting in various and different ways. And I'll talk to you about that in just a bit. But to take up their cross here is the challenge not to focus on my burdens, my inconveniences, and let them distract me further from the gospel. Whatever is my burden in life and across here our crosses are all different our burdens are inconveniences the difficulty is is whenever those things happen not to let them pull me away from Christ pull me away from church pull me away from serving pull me away from praying it fast everything when he says you know you got to pick up your cross but then you got to follow me you got to keep on with it Anybody here that owns a business, you know, or you're, if you're very good at something, you know the sacrifice of what you had to pay in order to get to that place of success. Jesus is speaking to the crowds. He's talking to you and me. And the Christians who fast have God's word open to them more than those who don't. Oftentimes, the key to understanding a passage of Scripture or a section of Scripture sometimes is spending some time fasting, spending some time, you know. So during a fast, I can say to you several years back, um, I was praying for uh, someone, and during that fast, it was just, I, I can't explain to you how it happened other than when I fast or when you fast, whatever you're fasting from gets you to focus on what you're praying for because whenever those cravings come, it makes you focus and think on something else. The Lord showed me I was praying for this person in the wrong way. I can remember so clearly. And I began to pray as I sensed that the Lord wanted me to do. And guess what? That prayer was answered. Amazing things can happen between you and God. You and your Savior, Jesus Christ. He calls us to fast. Get away from some of those things that are self. You know, you don't have to. Uh, the Bible doesn't say, well, you have to go without food to find me. No, but there are times when it is key. Today, I want to specifically focus on one aspect. I keep saying it to you, denying self. Denying something that you enjoy, something you like, something that you love. Jesus calls us, take up our cross and try to avoid uh, all of the things that will keep you away from the cross. Fasting will give us God's strength above our own strength to deal with things in life that just crush us. Number one, Jesus speaks to his disciples. Number two, he speaks to the crowd. And then Luke, we see that Jesus speaks to all. Same Passage of scripture and teaching. And just in case people think, well, this is specific just to the disciples in Luke 9, 23. Then he, meaning Jesus again, said to them all. 
whoever wants to be. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and here's the one word that was added, daily and follow me. Matthew talked about Jesus speaking to the disciples. Mark talked about the disciples and the crowd. And Luke, in case you don't know, speaks to all. Now, if I was to ask you which book in the Bible, most especially the gospel, speaks and brings women and all people into it more than any other book of the Bible, uh, gospel, you would say Luke. Luke, being a doctor, understood from a perspective, and it's crazy sometimes how some Christians or, or denominations want to make women a second-class disciple. I look at this passage of Scripture, and from what I know from the Scriptures and the prophecy in Joel, when he says all, he means men and boys, women and girls, to call all. So who has told you you're too young, you're the wrong sex, you're the wrong gender, you're, you're, who has told you that? You know, who has come to you and said you cannot when Jesus said whoever wants to be? And then he speaks to all men and women alike. The word daily here says to me, hey, Evan, this must become a daily part of your life. Understanding that I don't come first each and every day. I wake up to serve the Lord. You wake up to serve the Lord. Today, I will deny myself. I won't let anything get in the way of what I am supposed to do, what I've committed to. John Wesley, I don't know how much you know about him, but he founded the Methodist Church. And in Europe and America, he fasted two days a week. He was very disciplined. Fasted two days a week. He's, I, I read about his sermons and what he did and the people that he touched, and it just truly is uh, pretty amazing to me. But he fasted two days a week. I think it was Tuesdays and Fridays. And he's the founder of the Methodist Church. Methodist Church has wandered pretty far away and they really don't do any fasting that I'm aware of I shouldn't say that but not a whole lot and I just wonder is it possible that we could begin to drift individually without the disciplines of knowing what it takes you know uh, Jesus speaks to all and he says to everybody here today you know I I took a day and I fasted to prepare for this message so that I would know and understand you know, uh, so that once again, and, and there's two things came to my mind. Number one, when, if, if you fast and, and your wife is going to make uh, dinner or somebody's taking you out, I know the Bible says don't let other people know what you're doing, but I have learned that if I'm fasting and Maria makes dinner and I haven't told her, uh, I get a little of a beating. <laughs> it's not a bad idea if you're fasting to tell somebody who might need to know. The other thing is, is when I told her, I then became accountable to her. He says, like, well, I said I wasn't going to eat till tomorrow morning, but if I break it five hours early, who will know? It's amazing what you tell yourself. It's amazing the excuse you can make, but when you've committed and you've been accountable to somebody, it actually helps strengthen you. That's kind of what I found. When Christians can discipline their body and defeat their cravings in the physical world, it helps you defeat whatever it is you need to or gain victory in the spiritual world, whether that's a temptation or a sin that keeps tripping you up or whatever it might be. If we expect to live the Christian life that Jesus expects us, calls us, enables us to live, we must put our minds in our minds a daily attitude that I must overcome. 
See, fasting is just not stepping back from something. Fasting is overcoming something. And I hope that you understand in the Scriptures that it's not those who start out with Jesus. It's those who overcome constantly. And I'll read you a passage. Oh, in the book of Revelation, seven churches to him who overcomes seven times. It's not to those who start, it's to those who overcome. And then number four, Jesus speaks about food. Right? He talks to, in, the, in the first uh, three Gospels about what it means to deny self, and he comes to this place, and since he's practiced it, let me uh, give you a little bit of context to John. You have a verse 31 there. But in John, the fourth chapter, Jesus and his disciples go to a place in Samaria, and Jesus, and it says, tired from the day, he sits, and the disciples head into town to get something to eat. So they go in to get something to eat, and as they're going into town, there's a woman comes in and tries to uh, draw some water, and he says, could you give me some water? And, of course, he's not supposed to talk to a woman. He's not supposed to talk to a Samaritan. He breaks all of those rules. And they begin to talk. And she, he points out to her her sin. And she says this, that, the other. And back, before you know it, she's like, I've met the Messiah. She runs back into town to get the people and to come see who's told everything, someone who's told me everything about me. And as they come back in, the disciples there, you have verse 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. See, when people are more important to us than our next meal, we've started to learn what it means to share the gospel, to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. People were more important to him than his very soul, his very life. Jesus practiced fasting. He fasted 40 days at the start of his ministry. You look at verse 32, you know, Jesus, what's he talking about in verse 32? I have food you don't, you don't even know about. And he's, they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Did, and they thought to themselves, oh, did somebody come and give you something to eat? And he's like, no. Verse 33, the disciples don't have a clue. Verse 34, now we see doing God's will fed Jesus' soul and it was as satisfying as a good meal. One of the reasons that we fast is we understand that spiritual life, spiritual vitality, the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ coming through a time of fasting when we say food isn't as important to me as your word. Remember what Jesus said? You know, man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because You have to feed your spirit, and you have to feed your soul, and sometimes the best way for that is to deny self, and Jesus knew that. And he's telling us, trust me, go to this place. Uh, I remember in trying to, uh, my my dad uh, repaired, restored a lot of old cars, 37 Lincoln Zephyr, Zephyr, a Model A. I remember when he was doing a 30 or 31 Model A with a rumble seat and all this in it, tore the frame off of it and everything, and I would tinker around, pretend like I was helping him, you know. I could tear stuff apart. But, and so we'd be working on it. I, I can remember this as clear as day. My mom would say, hey, Richard, that's my dad, uh, dinner's ready. And I'm like, yeah, I can get out of here. I go back and get, go I get something to eat, you know. And my dad said, okay, be right there, you know. Keep working, working, working. He's in the middle of something, wanted to finish it. Five minutes there. Richard, it's getting cold. Dad, we should, okay, be right there. Just like, and here I am. I'm wanting to go eat, but something is important to my dad that he'll with go dinner so he can finish part of his project. What is so important to you? 
What's important to me? I'll forego something that I desire, something I enjoy to finish a task for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus speaks about food, but we know it's not about food. It's about spiritual growth. And if we have become a disciple of Jesus Christ, we know God's will is to share the gospel. We know God's will is to serve him. We talked last week about the five principles that we practice in both of our churches here. It's what has become more important to us than food. It's a matter of fact that it's satisfying to our soul. Oh, spiritual victories are as satisfying to your soul as a good meal is to your physical body and your stomach. Have we experienced the sanctification, the satisfaction of doing ministry? In this church, every person is called to be a minister of something. In this church, I'm not the only minister. That's not biblical. That's not New Testament. Every person is called to do something. That's why the gifts inventory and the connection ministry is so vitally important. Uh, It's so vitally important. Now, the next two weeks... Pastor Dale and I are going to switch pulpits, and each of us is going to do a message on entire sanctification, something that goes beyond just being saved. Next week, we'll both share, give you guys an opportunity to think and to process. And then the following week, the last Sunday in February, we're going to open the altar for people who want to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and want to go deeper than just being saved. They want to ask the Lord, consecrate me. Take, take the old, all, all, all of the old stuff and flush it out. Let me start brand new and fresh. Jesus speaks about food, but it's really not about food. And, of course, in your notes, I have the benefits of stopping, right? The benefits of stopping. What do we mean by fasting? What I mean by fasting is going without something that you need, something that you love, something you enjoy. Now, I know you need air. I suggest you do not fast from the air. All right? You understand what I'm saying, right? For some person, it's food for a period of time. I got several testimonies of people who share with me. One family fasting, a husband and wife fasted from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day for their child. What is it? What is it might be? Do something. You know, my wife, some of you know my wife. My wife loves coffee. Just one step below me. Every day, every day, she loves coffee. At a certain time, uh, there has been a time when she fasted coffee to get up and to go without. And trust me, it was tough. She had withdrawals. I lived in the garage for a while. (laughs) It could be fasting from, somebody told me this, somebody who's fairly new to the faith said, you know, I fasted from Facebook. They didn't use those words, but they said something, we haven't done a message on fasting at all, and something in their mind said, I need to sometimes get away from some of those things that I so enjoy. Video games, whatever it might be, what is it for you that you'll get away from that you enjoy, that you love, or something that you need? Something you just can't live without, but you're willing to stop so God can start. That's the whole principle of fasting. I have found that defeating hunger pains in my physical body helps me defeat spiritual temptations or spiritual things. When I can, they're they're closely connected. Your physical body, your spiritual body, they're closely connected. When you can go without something you love, when you can defeat those hunger pains, when you can get past them, it gives you strength in the spiritual realm. Jesus, when he said, some things don't come out just by prayer, but by prayer and fasting, 
I get it. I really didn't get it until I practiced fasting. I know that so many of you here have done that. The asterisk in your sermon notes is simply just a little play on words. You see, going without can get us what we need. Not what we want all the time. You may be fasting for somebody, they have a free will. I may be fasting for something that may not be God's will. I don't know. Sometimes in a fast, you discover, the like I say I did, right? You know, by denying self, you can gain in your spirit what you can never gain in any other way. Something you gain in your spirit. See, when we fast for spiritual growth in our own lives, it can happen every time. Sure, we fast for other things, but how many of us have fasted for something that, you know, I need to take care of? Something the Lord is laying on my heart. Second Peter 2, you don't have it in your notes there. You might want to write it in. Second Peter 2, 20. Second Peter, Peter is talking to Christians. Listen to these words, would you please? Listen for the word of overcoming. And he says in Second Peter 2, 20, if they, meaning Christians... If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in the world. They got out, they got tangled back up, and are, look at the word, overcome. No, they haven't overcome, they are overcome. They are worse off at the end than they are at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. We're spiritually weak in a lot of ways. And Jesus knows the benefits of learning what it means to deny self. One aspect I'm talking about is fasting. We're spiritually weak when we don't fast and when we think we got it all on our come. And there's always that possibility that we will not overcome, just like these that we were warned about. See, when we fast, it should be for spiritual weakness. It should be for spiritual temptation. It should be for somebody else, for whatever it might be that you know God wants and will. See, in your notes I have, see, now God can start. So I have three questions for you. God can start. What is so important to you that you will stop? You would deny yourself so God can start. What is so important to you? Number, second question, who is so important to you? Somebody else that you love. Somebody else, you know, who is so important to you that you're willing to stop, deny self, fast in order for God to start a work in their life? Then the third question, me. What is it Jesus wants to change in me? Please don't let that, even though that's number three, be the last one. Sometimes Jesus is always last. What is it that would help me or what is it that would help the kingdom? What could I fast for? You know, we complain about a lot of things. We're big mouths about a lot of things, you know, talking about the new abortion laws and this, that, the other. Who will come together and fast that that'll change in our country? You say, well, it's just a few little us. Oh, no. You got the cornerstone on your side. You have the cornerstone. Let me close by reading you a, uh, a testimony. I got several of them this week as I talked to several people. Um, this is from a husband and a wife. On June 17, 2017, we had a major falling out with one of our adult children. Now, folks, when you know the date and the year, you know something cut pretty deep and was pretty hurtful. It was devastating. 
After months of anger and sadness, I continued to pray and went to the altar several times. But I also decided to fast. I love junk food, so I decided to cut out junk food for a week. Whenever things got rough, I just continued to pray. And where I work, of course, people continue to bring in junk food on a daily basis, so it was pretty difficult at times. Three weeks ago, after very little communication for a year and a half, my son and I video chatted, and I actually got to see my two youngest grandsons for the very first time. We still have a long way to go, but I know God has a plan, and I will continue to remain faithful. Tom, if you'll come this morning, I want to have time of prayer. You know what was really interesting as this person was fasting? God sent somebody to their son. God moved states and hundreds of miles away to move in there, to become and start to talk to them and start to reason with them. Why were you doing what you're doing? Is it really worth all of that? Does God have the ability to move somewhere in somebody else's heart? Here's a perfect testimony of it. Praying for a long time, a couple years, I don't know how long it'll take for your prayer to be answered. I really don't. I always thought, well, if I fast for a week, by the end of the week, the answer should come. And it's amazing how six months later the answer came, and I hardly, I, I apologize. For, I hardly recognized that it was because the Lord had heard my prayer and fasting. Would you bow your heads with me today? Will you let the Lord Jesus speak to you today? Will you answer one of the three questions? What is it that God wants to do in your life? What is it God wants to do in somebody else's life? Who is it that you want to see saved? And in the next two weeks, you're going to hear a message on sanctification. What it means to go deeper than just being a Christian. Our, whoever wants, whoever wills, most accomplishments in life come because the whosoever say, I will pay the price. laid on your heart second question what is it that he's asking you to deny people always ask me what are the rules with all this you know the rules are what you set up it's what you set up do it one day do it every Monday every Tuesday and Friday like John Wesley you do it during the time of craving for it let your heart go to Jesus and say to him you are the sustainer of my soul I don't need coffee I don't need this food I need you to move Lord Jesus Father God if the church in America is going to be strong one of the denying of self principles needs to be that we learn to go without all we have so much in this country this principle probably means more to Americans than most people in the world what is it you want to do in our lives what is it you want to do for the kingdom outside of our lives something something that you want to see happen lay it on somebody's heart today
who is it that we love, but you love more than we do, that through prayer and fasting will open up a door, soften a heart, bring them to Christ, Lord Jesus, today. You call us to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow you. And the example of it all was you. You denied your place in heaven, took on the form of man, so you could be crucified in our place and pay for our sin. We love you for that. And Lord, we'll use that to encourage us and to motivate us to fast and pray. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.